Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Hello everybody, Falcha Dave Galair. I hope you're keeping well today. This is Mike Collins with a new episode of the Letter from Ireland podcast. Now, in today's show, which is episode 703, and by the way, you can find the show notes at lettermireland.com forward slash 703. That's lettermireland.com forward slash 703. We're going to be looking at the overlap between Ireland and Scotland, and for a very particular reason. Well, two reasons, actually. So first and foremost, um, I notice actually when we get replies to the letter and also in the green room that people talk quite a bit about their shared Irish and Scottish ancestry. And, you know, for good reason. The two countries are extremely close together, especially if you go to the north of Ireland and you look at that very, very small leap between the two countries at that point on the east coast. And the second reason is, as I record today's show, we're coming to the end of January. And on the 25th of January, we actually have Scotland's unofficial national day known as Burns Night, after the Scottish national bard, Robbie Burns. So what we'd like to do through the rest of the episode is actually chat a little bit about uh, the shared heritage between Ireland and Scotland, share some nice overlapping music, uh, talk a little bit more about Robbie Burns, and also I think we're going to dive into some of the names and surnames between the two. So an action-packed show. I hope you enjoy it, but I think it's probably a good idea to start off with a piece of music. So here we go with Caledonia from Doogie McLean. Everything I've ever had 
I have moved and have kept on moving Proved the points that I need proving Lost the friends that I needed losing Found others on the way I have kissed the ladies and left them crying Stolen dreams, yes there's no denying I have travelled hard sometimes with conscience flying Somewhere with the wind Let me tell you that I love you That I think about you all the time Caledonia, you're calling me Now I'm going home For if I should become a stranger You know that it would make me more than sad Caledonia's been everything I've ever Kisses flowed, well I will disappear Let me tell you that I love you But I think about you all the time Caledonia, you're calling me And now I'm going home For if I should become a stranger Know that it would make me more than sad Caledonia's been everything I've ever Caledonia song performed and actually written by Doogie McLean. Now, um, I think, yeah, I actually love the sound of the guitar there. It really brings through the uh, bagpipe droning as well for some reason, the way he actually plays it. In fact, I'm probably glad he's playing it on guitar rather than bagpipes. Now, um, Doogie, I've actually seen him um, chat about this song uh, in between his own songs at concerts. And he's kind of at pains to point out, it's kind of interesting how he says a lot of Irish people think that it's actually an Irish song. Because, of course, in Ireland, it was actually popularized in the 1980s, about 10 years afterwards, written by Dolores Keane. And it became a super hit from, for her, actually. Uh, but, of course, as he says, he basically wrote it when he was away from Scotland uh, to, as a 22-year-old. And he just started to get homesick one night, put together the songs, didn't think too much about the lyrics. In fact, he said, 
said if he thought he actually would be singing it so much on stage for many, many years later, he would have put a bit more thought into it. But of course, I think it's actually become one of Scotland's uh, unofficial national anthems at this point. Caledonia is the name that the actual Romans back in the day gave to parts of what is now Scotland, I think to the north of the River Forth, uh, north of Edinburgh to Glasgow there. And um, since then, of course, it's become more of a poetic or romantic name for Scotland. So, you know, I think the sentiment is a wonderful sentiment in that song, and we can probably apply it to anywhere in the world that we call home. Now, speaking of romantic uh, sentiments and uh, poetic and so on, Robbie Burns, as I mentioned earlier, is, I think, looked, you know, without doubt and without competition, uh, looked on as Scotland's uh, national poet. But what we'd like to actually have a look at now is the links uh, between Ireland and Scotland. Uh, Chat a little bit about those. Uh, Robbie Burns has some links, believe it or not. We're going to actually look at some of his poetry and just give you kind of a better feeling about the life and times of Robbie Burns. So now over to Karina and she's going to read a letter that actually dives into just those particular topics. A place where Ireland and Scotland overlap. Many of our readers have mixed Irish and Scottish ancestry. How about yourself? Do you have a mix of Irish and Scottish in your own background? Others then have surnames that they can't quite figure out, whether they're Irish or are they Scottish. This week, I thought it would be appropriate to talk a little more about this overlap between Ireland and Scotland, as we had the anniversary of the birth of Robbie Burns, Scotland's national poet, on January 25th. Maybe you celebrate Burns Night in your house or community, preparing the traditional foods of neeps, tatties and haggis, all washed down, don't you know, with a wee dram or two. So now, let's go on a short journey together. The Road from our Cork to Edinburgh Good God Almighty man, what time is it at all? That was my reaction on being woken up at 4am. We had a long day ahead of us, driving from Cork on the south coast of Ireland all the way to Edinburgh via the west coast of Scotland. The key thing was to make that Belfast ferry by noon. While Ireland might be a land of winding lanes and green fields, these days you can actually drive from Cork to Belfast without encountering one single traffic light. The ferry from Belfast across to Stranraer in Scotland joins two places that have seen much comings and goings of our shared peoples down through the centuries. It's a place where Ireland and Scotland are practically touching. In fact, they were united for a time as the kingdom of the Dalrida many centuries ago. Around that time, the Romans gave the Irish the the Latin name of Scoti, and this name worked its way into the modern name of Scotland, Land of the Scoti. Driving the beautiful coast road in Ayrshire towards Glasgow, we saw a sign for the town of Alloway, the place where Robbie Burns was born in 1759. 
Burns came from a tenant farming family that had an equal emphasis on hard work and education. So while Robbie might have been the main labourer on his father's farm, by the age of 15, he was developing an ability with language, especially with the Scots dialect that many of his peers use daily. It might be a bit of a stereotype for romantic poets, but Robbie seems to have attracted the attention of many a young lady and formed a number of admiring relationships. His first major work, Poems, chiefly in the Scottish dialect, was published in 1786. Over the remaining 10 years of his life, he published a number of poems, lyrics and songs, many of which have worked their way into our collective consciousness. Maybe you have sang O Lang Syne from time to time. And one of his more famous poems was My Love is Like a Red Red Rose which captured that local spoken dialect. And it went, Oh, my love's like a red, red rose that's newly sprung in June. Oh, my love's like a melody that's sweetly played in tune. Well, you might feel like saying that out loud with your best attempt at a Scottish accent. You'll have to forgive mine, Robbie. Robbie Burns died at the young age of 37 due to a heart condition. Well, I guess that's poets for you. In January of 1801, a number of young men held the first memorial supper for their friend, and this tradition has caught on across many parts of the world today, in the very annual Burns Night Supper. Maybe you have attended or hosted a Burns Night Supper. One of my favourites of Burns' poems is called Ye Fond Kiss, and this has been set to music. Maybe you know of it. It's all about a final farewell and love that cannot be. And the lines include A fond kiss and then we sever. A farewell, alas, forever. Deep in heart wrung tears I pledge thee. Warring sighs and groans I wage thee. Who shall say that fortune grieves him while the star of hope she leaves him? May a cheerful twinkle lights me, dark despair around benights me. The poem might be written in that local dialect, but doesn't it speak a universal language? Now that seems to have been the attraction of Robbie Burns, Scotland's national poet. He spoke the language of the fields and villages, but somehow managed to capture the complex feelings and connections that we have always felt between each other. A fun kiss and then we sever A farewell and last forever Deep in her drum tears I'll pledge thee Warring sighs and groans I'll wage thee Who shall say that fortune grieves him While the star of hope she leaves him Me 
What a beautiful rendition there of the Robbie Burns poem, A Font Kiss, sung there by uh, Karen Matheson of Scotland and Paul Brady of Ireland. And again, I think it actually kind of, you know, so much of the actual appreciation of the music that we find, um, it, it really there's a huge overlap between Ireland and Scotland. And that particular track was performed on something called the Transatlantic Sessions, that you, if you dig in deep, you find it on YouTube. 
And it's a bringing together of musicians, songwriters from North America and various, uh, I suppose, Celtic countries such as Ireland and Scotland. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy that. So that's a performance there by Karen Matheson and Paul Brady of A Fond Kiss. So didn't Robbie Burns have some life? So when you think about it, really, if only he could have known the lasting impact he would have had on, I suppose, the heritage of Scotland and the romanticism of the place and so on. I think he would have appreciated that. Maybe he had a little bit of his own lifetime, but certainly so much more um, after his actually death. So what we're going to actually look at now is, um, let me have a look. Yeah. So the other aspect, I guess, of Ireland and Scotland and where they overlap and how they overlap is very much the Irish language. Some people, they hear about things like Scots Gaelic, Scots Gaelic and Irish Gaelic. Well, in fact, I suppose, as you know, in the Green Room and in the letter, we talk about Irish surnames quite a lot and first names. And that's an area where you find a huge overlap between Ireland and Scotland. Because essentially, if you go back far enough in time, you had a single language covering um, a lot of Ireland, well, basically all of the island of Ireland with local dialects and into the uh, what is now Scotland as well. And that was the old Irish, if you like, and they evolved in both cases, on one hand into modern Irish that we use here in Ireland and into Scots Gaelic, both being dialects of the original old Irish. So as a result, you find a huge overlap in terms of the types of, um, I suppose, surnames and first names between the two countries. But of course, they evolved along slightly separated lines, separated accents and so on and so forth. So that's something we're going to explore in the next letter, where Karina now is going to look at some Irish and Scottish names and the overlap between the two. A common link between Irish and Scottish names. Let me start with a question. How can you tell if a name is Irish or Scottish? Do you have names in your family tree that fall into these categories? In this letter, we're going to take one name to illustrate a connection between Irish and Scottish names that might surprise you. I was speaking with a man by the name of Hamish Mackenzie earlier this week. He lives in the USA, but was born in New Zealand to parents of Scottish ancestry, as you may have guessed from the name Hamish Mackenzie. So what is the connection between this seemingly Scottish name and Ireland, if any? It might surprise you to realise that both Irish Gaelic and Scots Gaelic are both dialects of the old Irish language. As a result, the highlands and islands of Scotland share a number of similar place names, given names and surnames to those found in Ireland. It's just that they were anglicised differently over time. So let's take the example using our friend's name, Hamish, above. Starting at the beginning. James, originally known as Jacob, was one of the twelve apostles from the Bible. King James I made the name popular as a boy's name when he assumed the throne of Scotland in the 1600s. Its popularity grew further when he became king of a united Scotland and England. However, the Irish language has a problem pronouncing the J sound in James, and so it changed it to a sh 
SH sound. As a result, James became Seamus, spelt S-E father, that's a long sounding on the E, A-M-U-S in Irish Scots, Gaelic. So you had James became Seamus in Irish Scots Gaelic. This was also the way for a number of other biblical names, such as John, again starting with J, and this was difficult, so he this John became Sean, spelt S-E-Father-A-N. Now bear with me here. When you address someone with their Irish Gaelic name, the grammar changes a little, and so if you wanted to say, how are you, James?, you'd say, thoughtu a hamish. So now the H changes the sound to a hamish. The insertion of the H into the name, Seamus, making it hamish, causes the sound of the S to disappear. Over time, the name Seamus became anglicized as hamish, spelt H-A-M-I-S-H, in parts of Scotland, due to this little twist in Gaelic grammar. Now, the second part of Hamish's name, Mackenzie, derives from the Gaelic for son of Quinnock, made popular through an old Irish saint. Quinnock has been anglicised into the popular boy's name of Kenneth and sometimes Canis, and it can also be found in Irish place names as such as Kilkenny. The Irish surname for McKenny or Kenny therefore shares the same Gaelic origin as Mackenzie. So it is quite possible that someday a Jim Kenny from Ireland might meet a Hamish Mackenzie from Scotland and never realise that they share the same name in Gaelic. Ireland and Scotland have much in common down through the centuries but the strongest tie has been the shared Gaelic language that was once spoken across the island of Ireland and much of Scotland. As a result, we have many place names, first names and surnames in common, often just anglicised in different ways. So, if you question whether a name is Irish or Scottish, the answer is often both but they just grew apart over time. Oh, the summer time is coming And the trees are sweetly blooming And the
Beautiful stuff. I felt that really had to be our last uh, song in the show. Will you go, Lassie, go, Wild Mountain Time? It's a song there by Liam Clancy and friends. Um, Liam Clancy of Ireland, of course, for out of uh, Tipperary in the first place. But it's that particular song where a lot of people, if you ask them from both either Ireland or Scotland, wouldn't really know that it comes from Ireland or it comes from Scotland because it just kind of occupies the psyche of both countries just so much. In fact, it's based on a poem, if I remember rightly, from a Scottish poet. 
and is put to actually music over time by a, um, I have to get this right, somebody, a music writer from the north of Ireland. I'm sadly without my notes at this moment in time. But listen, it's just a beautiful piece of music. And in that case, I'm actually going to dedicate that song to uh, Karina's father, David Cronin. It was always his favourite song. Um, he wasn't a man that was into singing himself, but he knew how to request it if he knew there was a singer in the group. And the song he always requested was Wild Mountain Time or Will You Go, Lassie Go. So I hope you enjoyed our look at how Ireland and Scotland overlaps. As we come towards the end of January, as I record this show, and we kind of coming across Robbie Burns' night, it's um, if you're somebody who actually celebrates that night or you're in Scotland or yourself, well, congratulations. I hope you have a great time. And again, if you're somebody, on the other hand, of shared Irish and Scottish ancestry, hopefully this show gives you an increased appreciation of just how much the heritage, the places, the names, the language actually have overlapped over time and perhaps gone their separate ways at times as well. And of course, if you're none of those, well, I hope you enjoy the show in any case. So remember, you can actually find the show notes at alettafromireland.com forward slash 703. That's alettafromireland.com forward slash 703. So that's it from me, Mike Collins. And until next week, slán for now. If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show. And you can find full details of The Green Room at letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our Green Room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage. Because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. And I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán gafól, Karina. <laughs>